doing this thing, it felt like it was what I was created to do. This is the right thing. I don't know at the time I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I don't know what this is going to turn into. I don't know how it's going to work out. I just know I have to do it. I think that some of us can be like these, I want the whole picture where um, in that situation, I could have looked at it and said, okay, well, because I don't really know how it's going to work out or I don't know how it's going to play out, then it's probably not, not what I'm supposed to do. Hi everyone, it's Summer and Ellie here. Welcome to the Magnify Podcast. If you've ever wanted to know more about developing your purpose or wondered how to deal with imposter syndrome or asked how can my faith help me in my work, then you found the right place. We'll be asking questions to get frank about the endless list of topics we all grapple with in work, all while using faith as a backdrop. And the best part, we'll be getting answers from dynamic individuals at the top of their spheres. With our guests, we'll be entering into some very candid, honest, and funny chats, which we know will leave you informed, intrigued, and inspired in your faith and work lives. So if you're like us and you're wanting to constantly evolve in your career and faith, then get ready because this is the Magnify Podcast. Today, we're talking about purpose. This is a topic that Ellie and I chat about a lot, especially within the context of faith and culture. So we're excited to chat about the reality of what pursuing our purpose actually looks like and what it means in today's society. Yeah, so we're talking to the lovely Kanisha Bikes about this subject, and she's the founder of Restoration House. This is a space that helps to bring out the character in our own homes through her shop of restored interiors, advice about design, and also her written blog. In this episode, we discuss her journey of finding purpose through Restoration House, the financial realities of pursuing purpose and what culture gets wrong about it. It was a great episode, so let's listen in. Hi, how are you doing? How are you? Okay, how are you? Good, all good, good, thank you. Where are you calling in from today? Uh, From Seattle. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. My parents are also on the on the west coast west coast yeah <laughs> i was gonna say i was gonna say east coast i was like no that's not right <laughs> are you on the east coast no i'm in london but you um, are in I'm london from, as well okay yeah i'm from new york but my uh, parents are in california okay i, I was like are you I'm, from was, seattle no i'm not i'm from alabama we are really excited to have you something that we like to do to start out is just play like a little game of this or that so i'm just gonna throw some things out there and then you just tell Let's me what it. comes to mind <laughs> <laughs> So actually, interestingly, East Coast or West Coast? Oh, gosh. Honestly, I live on the West Coast, but I'll say East Coast. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Spicy. <laughs> um, breakfast or dinner? Mm, breakfast. Nice. Yeah. White walls or colored walls? <sighs> I don't like this. I hate this. It's like the whole binary choices. I can't, like, I don't know. <laughs> middle somewhere neutral and gosh yeah I know right um gosh I I have white walls but I'm gonna say colored walls interesting yeah vintage or new vintage for sure Mm -hmm. yep uh patterns or plain patterns interesting morning or night oh gosh night Night, Ooh. night. That's easy. I don't even know why I have this. Why am I even playing with myself? I, I'm, I'm, I'm literally just waking up and I've been up for two hours. Just so flat. So I know the feeling. <laughs> um, and hot or cold drinks? Hot. Good choice. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I'd agree with everything you choose out of all of those. Best friends. I would, I, would chal- I would challenge a couple things. But. <laughs> Summer's really into her t- interiors as well. So, so yeah, oh, yeah, it's so funny. I'm a huge fan. Oh, thank you. No, I, so 
I love, I do love patterns. It just has to be the right pattern play and the, yeah. and the, like, the right style. Like I'm not into like nineties, you yeah. know, uh-huh. florals really, but like mm-hmm. classic florals, you know, yeah. Yeah. I can do those. Yeah. It yeah. just depends. Um, and we also like to do a question, which we all answer as well, just to get to know each other a bit more. Um, so this is actually one that we've struggled with trying to figure an answer out, but what's the best life hack that you have? You know what? I am <laughs> I am not a hacky person. At least I don't feel like I am. You know, like I I um thought about this and I was like, am I boring or like am I just not fun or cool? Like, um <laughs> let me just tell you the the best one I could come up with and you'll see how fun I am. So here's the thing. So, you know, like the ideal situation is that your rose is already cold right Mm -hmm. yeah but I'm from Alabama and where I come from people drink frenzia and not saying there's anything wrong with any of those things (laughs) but living in Washington which is where we are now which is technically kind of like the the wine valley the second wine valley of the west coast so um we kind of get bougie and a little funny about our wine so I would typically Mm -hmm. like if people were to do that here I'd be like oh my gosh what's wrong with you like do you not know that that's not okay (laughs) However, my roots tell me that it doesn't matter. So, um, you know, like ice and wine, you know, who wants to drink watered down wine? Yeah. So you just freeze like peaches and grapes and all the things and use them to cool your rosé and you don't have to worry about watered down wine. I feel like that's a really fun fact. (laughs) Yeah, I think I need to try. You know, I think I've tried it, but I don't remember to do it. Like, it's one of those things. Well, then you've got boozy fruit. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. (laughs) It's kind of like making coffee ice cubes. So when you have iced coffee. Yes. such a good idea. I also have never done that. I'm definitely gonna gonna remember that one. Oh, yeah, summer. Will Ellie, be. I think no, I think you need to go next because okay. I still don't have one. <laughs> still thinking about it. I mean, like when you say that yours, you didn't think yours was fun. Mine really isn't fun at all. But it's the only one that I could think of that I do. And it's when I moved out, I had to learn how to open jars by myself, which has just been a struggle to this day. Wow. But apparently, and I've tried it and it works. When you tap it against like a hard surface, then you can just pop it right open. Like it gets rid of like the air or something in it, which stops it from opening and you can just go right in there. Also yeah, didn't true. really know that. Yeah. I think th- I actually genuinely struggled with this. I was Googling life hacks before <laughs> this because I, because I didn't, couldn't think of any and I don't do any I of the ones us, that were on the Google. Way. <laughs> I love us. I love us. I think I win the most boring because I cannot even think of one. But one thing that I do do, which I don't know if it's a life hack. I just learned it from this florist who was like, I mean, basically that if you put a little bit of bleach in the water, not too much, but like a couple drops of bleach to make it a little bit like, so it just stays clean, I guess. And then make sure that your stems don't have like leaves on them. So it doesn't contaminate the water. Then your plants last longer. And I didn't know that. And ever since I started doing that, my flowers have lasted so much longer. So I don't know if it's a life hack, but it's a great tip. Anyway, so just to kind of get us started, we would love to just hear a little bit about kind of your childhood growing up, what your values were and like kind of the values that shaped you into who you are today. Yeah. So um, as I mentioned before, I'm Southern girl from Alabama, definitely Southern through and through, but not maybe in your current stereotypical way when you think of the South, I guess. Um, All the good things, I think, um, when you think of the South, you know, like hospitality, community, um, all those things were things that were instilled in me growing up. I was raised by my grandmother 
And um, my mother um, suffered with mental illness over my, through my childhood. So she was there, but not totally present all the time. So my grandmother kind of took up the slack there. So um, a lot of the values that I carry today, a lot of the core values um, today that I carry definitely were instilled in me by her. Um, again, the value in people, value in um, time with people that you love and care about, um, integrity, honor, um, giving the least of what you have, um, even when you ha don't have a lot. I mean, she was a woman who didn't come from a lot and didn't have a lot, but she gave so um, faithfully to those in our community. She didn't have a lot of money, but she could cook really well. And um, she baked a lot and baked, uh, I mean, you think Southern, you're probably like, oh, of course, you know, like she baked um, <laughs> pound cakes and all kinds of fun things for people. And I remember I, um, when I was younger, she would force me to visit <laughs> a lot of her friends, which were for me, really old people. And to sit in these houses with these um, women and hear stories and about their lives and um, watch the, engagement between my grandmother and um, these women, these people who are really special to her. It actually makes me emotional. <laughs> um, it was just a really, it was really impactful for me. So mm -hmm. I take that now as an adult and it has formed and shaped um, a lot of, of what I believe and a lot of why I do what I do, honestly, I think in a lot of ways, even though I don't get to make a lot of personal um, or have a lot of personal interactions with a lot of people right now, um, a lot of my online work has focused on um, really virtually looking at people in the eye and hearing their mm -hmm. stories and um, taking time to uh, to let them know that uh, they're they matter. So, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. no, I, I I I love that, and I definitely think you can feel that through your through your website and also through your Instagram. I think we, we even got some questions based on like. Yeah. specific things that you had said on Instagram. We were like, oh, we should oh, definitely talk fine. about that because yeah, I know you, you definitely bring up a lot of amazing conversations. Um, yeah. And so speaking of, uh, so what led, you, what led you to Restoration House and what is the mission behind it? Yeah. So um, Restoration House was something that kind of uh, snuck up on me, I think. Um, I thought that I'm a creative. That's kind of artist. It's kind of what I call myself. Um, and that kind of comes to play, um, comes out in a lot of different um, avenues or different ways. But, um, but Restoration House itself started out as me in my house about 12 years ago, uh, 13 years ago. And uh, I started out restoring furniture. And the restoration of furniture was something very practically for me um, that I needed because at that time I had three kids, five and under. And I thought I was going to go crazy because <laughs> I, um, this is like, I'm going to like, okay, so part of like who I am is like, let's just be free. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, hopefully everything that I say will in some regard, set some people free in their lives, just to run in their lanes and do what they want to do or what they're, they feel like they're called to do. So I, I'm saying that as a disclaimer for what I'm about to say. <laughs> um, I, I'm not, I wasn't one of those women who like always wanted to be a mom, you know, like um, that wasn't my dream at all. Um, I still, as a matter of fact, here's the free part, struggle sometimes with questioning whether or not I'm even supposed to be. And my oldest is um, 17. 
and my youngest is nine, just to let you know, I've been mom for 17 years. Mm -hmm. And I say that um, just because I want to be really honest about that, because I feel like so much of what we hear today is um, that, you know, we hear a lot of moms sometimes, not, not all the time, but a lot of the conversations we hear, especially online. Um, yeah, we talk about mom struggles, but we don't talk about the fact that like, I actually, my dream hasn't always been to be a mom, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, or that I don't actually enjoy being a mom. I mean, just those conversations, um, and not saying I don't enjoy being a mom, there are definitely times mm -hmm. where I question <laughs> how much I actually enjoy this. Mm -hmm. um, but, but as far as, as, as my life and, and mothering and everything, I needed something that uh, helped me put my hands to something, something that um, fed into my creativity, and um, that made me feel like more than just a mom. So out came um, Restoration House. And again, started out very practically with storing furniture. It was something for me to do during the kids' nap times and um, to make me feel valued or like I had value and like I had purpose. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it, it morphed into something bigger, way bigger than I ever thought it would. Uh, sitting in the garage and restoring furniture 13 years ago, um, was, uh, became very, uh, therapeutic for me. It became something that I, I realized it wasn't just something that I love to do, but it was something that I needed to do. It was a, um, a mode of, uh, communion for me. Um, and, and so, uh, as I began to restore furniture, there was a restoration process that was actually happening in me because it was a very dark season of my life. Um, there was such a great parallel between my restoring of the furniture and soul work that was happening in my life at that time. And um, I couldn't escape the fact that it felt like this was my purpose. This was something that I was created to do. I was created to see uh, deeper meaning, deeper level, um, and see past the superficial in life. And so I think that that's what the beginning of Restoration House was for me. It was just um, kind of uncovering, if you will, um, I think what I what I do today and the purpose and what I do today yeah that's amazing to hear and thank you as well for being honest about not really wanting to be a mother because I can definitely relate to that like that's just not a goal for me and hearing yeah. people just speak honestly yeah. about it is just always reassuring yeah. I'm like but I'm not a horrible am, person right? like I didn't want to do that but but you know our plans are not always they don't always go the way we think they're gonna go and um I don't know I, I will say I didn't want to be a mom. Sometimes I still struggle with the fact that I am, but I will also say, I don't know what I would do without that part of who I am. I don't know what yeah. I would do without my kids because they, and this is not to sound cliche, but they actually do um, refine me in a lot of ways and teach me a lot of things um, that I would not learn if I were alone or didn't have kids. Yeah, definitely. And it sounds as well like sort of restoration house maybe wouldn't even exist without you having your kids. So always just- They probably, no, you know what? That's your, you are right. I never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, we also just, I know someone spoke earlier about how we sort of went through your Instagram and there were so many things we just wanted you to unpack and we wanted to talk about more. Um, yeah. And one of them was, and you mentioned about there, how Restoration House, you really felt like that was your purpose. Um, and I'm just going to read out a quote here so I don't get it wrong. But you wrote, when it comes to this idea of purpose, I've lived a large portion of my life misunderstanding it and allowing culture to shape my idea of yeah. what it means. Um, and we'd love, love, love for you to just, um, just expand on this a bit more and explain it a bit more. Yeah, I think, I think purpose is a funny thing 
because I think it sometimes can feel really elusive mm -hmm. if we allow culture to dictate what that means for us. Um, because I am a person of faith, um, a lot of my purpose stems from what God says about purpose, right? So um, for me, that looks like um, there's actually a scripture. I, I want I want to actually read it if that's okay, just of because I, I want to um, be very intentional here. But it's with uh, from Luke, Luke 4, 18, and it just says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That has literally been a life scripture for me for years. And as I think about Restoration House, as I think about my purpose, I um, a lot of times, again, vocational versus uh, faith, right? So a lot of times if I'm looking at social media, if I'm looking at Instagram, it's very, very easy because we're human, because I'm human, to become fickle and to forget and to waver into what someone else is doing and to allow other people to tell us what we should be doing now. Mm -hmm. That's a whole other topic, right? Because <laughs> mm -hmm. as someone who has a platform, people do not mind giving you their opinion on what you should be doing. I know mm -hmm. what God has called me to do. And God has shaped and has informed that portion of what I do in such a, a massive way that when I forget what I'm doing, when I forget why I'm doing what I'm doing, um, this kind of becomes the anchor, if you will. You know, mm -hmm. I, I have to remind myself, um, I'm not in these, I'm not in these Instagram streets. I'm not um, doing this for other people. I'm not doing this so that I can, you know, link up with other bloggers. Yes, that's fun. I'm not doing this so that I can just form community, even though that's a beautiful um, part of, of what I do. Um, I'm doing this so that I can be used to help people see their purpose as well. Yeah, definitely. I love as well how you sort of understand that you sort of explain the relationship between your sort of vocational purpose and your faith purpose. And it's not like two completely separate things, but they absolutely can feed each other and help each other to grow. Um, and like you said, it's so easy to like look at what other people are doing and think like Summer and I have spoken about this. Like, I feel like every friend I had opened up like a small business during lockdown. And I was like, oh, my goodness, like, is that what I'm <laughs> supposed to be doing? Like, do I need to like all of a sudden? It's so stuff? easy so easy to think that um so it's always a great reminder to just be like you don't have to do whatever and like you said it's a social media thing isn't it which is a whole nother conversation but so easy to get wrapped up in it um and I think as well like one thing which we always speak about which is like purpose and passion obviously you have a passion for interior um so how did the two sort of come together to create a purpose I I, I it's like I hesitate because it's like I feel like so so much of what I'm going to say in this conversation is going to be countercultural, which is okay. Mm -hmm. I actually don't think that I had a lot to do with it. Um, and that makes me emotional too. <laughs> this evolve emotions this morning, guys. <laughs> um, like I, I wish that I, I wish that I could say, you know, like I just have this passion about home and I just saw a, a, a gap or a need and I decided to fill it. It wasn't, it wasn't that at all. Um, I don't know. It, 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 when I think about passion and purpose and how they align, 
I don't think that you can have one without the other. Like, I don't think you can have purpose without passion. I don't think you can have passion without purpose because if you have passion without purpose, then you are a accident waiting to happen, right? You know, we, we see that today in culture. Yeah. Um, and I don't think you can have purpose without passion because how will you invoke that e emotion or how will you um, encourage other people also to drive toward or move toward their own purpose, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you can't have one without the other. Um, I also think passion is kind of like opinion, right? Like everybody's got one. Yeah. But also purpose is like opinions as well. Everybody also has one. Yeah. It's almost like sort of like once you find your purpose, you'll find happiness in life. And it's just like, as soon as you get to your purpose, everything's going to set itself out straight. You're going to be able to see what you need to do, what step you need to take next. And it's just like, yeah. actually like the reality of that, I feel is very different to what yeah. Yeah. culture tells us it's going to be. I, don't I, know. I, I feel like like let's talk about that yeah <laughs> <laughs> like um with purpose it's it's like again I think did I say that it's elusive it, it kind of mm -hmm. feels like this it can feel like this elusive thing I yeah. should I should clarify mm -hmm. my language there but it can feel like this elusive thing again if we're chasing things that we're not supposed to chase that we're not mm -hmm. created to chase um I also don't even you know like there's this book that has sold, you know, millions and millions of copies. It's called, you may have heard of it. It's called The Purpose Driven Mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did not write the book. <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> um, but I, I think that that book is amazing. Um, but I think that culturally, um, we get a, a lot of times, I think, wrapped up in this idea that we're supposed to be constantly pursuing the reason that we're here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, we all know what that ends up, what that can end up doing and what type of toxic behaviors that um, can come out of that type of pursuit. So I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I subscribe to the idea that purpose changes. I think our missions change. Yeah. And I think there's a difference between purpose and mission, mm -hmm. right? So like the reason that I do what I do will essentially really never change, but how I do that will can morph from season to season. When I had um, five, you know, three kids under five, I didn't have a lot of free time, margin, or space to actually do the things that I'm doing now. I could not have, <clears throat> not at least not at least not without the proper support, right? Um, so I so I do think that uh, sometimes when we get that uh, perspective about purpose that it also frees us up to just be mm -hmm. and to allow um, our purpose to kind of play out in a way that maybe it wouldn't have if we continue to constrict or restrict ourselves. Purpose holds the center of many conversations at Magnify, especially on this podcast. It intersects with our view of self, work, and life, and it can honestly be really hard to navigate. Yeah, definitely. And it's a topic that can leave us with a lot of questions as well. Like, what is my purpose? And what if my purpose changes? And where do I even start with fulfilling it? So to help you navigate these huge questions, we're offering a free downloadable on 10 key ways to living out purpose and work when you sign up to our emails. They've been great reminders for us and have been so encouraging and centering us in those moments when doubt arises about purpose. So if you want to join our community, of women who are growing and evolving in their purpose just head to the link in the description box to get your free downloadable straight to your inbox kind of what i want to know is like you said 14 years ago you kind of had this like aha moment where you were like i think this is my purpose how 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 do you know like i think that's <laughs> that's like that's like literally what i feel yeah. like i struggle with every single day is like 
I feel like I have so many, and this is kind of aligns with like the passion purpose thing, right? It's like, I have so many things I love to do. I also love interiors. I love to cook. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a chef at one point, never did that. But like, you know, there's so many things that like, I feel like, oh, maybe I could have done that. Or maybe that should have been my purpose, but like never really had the right signs to go that way. God never told me, oh, you know, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Never had yeah. that moment. And maybe yeah. I never will for like a long time. But what, what made you so confident that you were like, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to commit myself now for the rest of my life to do this. I think that's where passion comes in. Mm-hmm. I, for me, that's what it looked like. It's, and I am such a, a filler, right? So um, if something, which is a strength and a weakness. So like if something doesn't feel right or if something doesn't feel good or it doesn't feel purpose filled, then nine times out of 10 for me, that's not the thing I'm supposed to be doing. So for me, the why, the answer to your question is that when I was doing this thing, it felt like it was what I was created to do. This is the right thing. I don't know at the time I'm I'm thinking to myself, I don't know what this is going to turn into. I don't know how it's going to work out. I just know I have to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, um, I, I, you know, I think that some of us can be like these, I want the whole picture people, right? Where um, in that situation, I could have looked at it and said, okay, well, because I don't really know how it's going to work out or I don't know how it's going to play out, then it's probably not, not what I'm supposed to do. Or it, it has nothing to do with my purpose, which is kind of um, an exaggeration there, but mm-hmm. hopefully you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I think that sometimes it can be that you just feel it or you know it in your knower, as they say, you know, like for me, it was something that was very, very deep down inside of the soul of Kenesha, if you will. Um, it felt very much like it resonated with who I was at the core of who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, or the core of who I am. So I think, um, I don't know, go with your gut. <laughs> is, that, is that fair mm-hmm. to say? Um, you love cooking. It sounds like you're really creative and I'm sure you're probably good at all of these things. She is. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm certain that you are. I don't know you, but I'm certain that you are. So, <laughs> so I, think that, I think that God wants us to enjoy life, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's given us all of these amazing gifts and and talents and ways to create um, that not only glorify him, but that also um, that we get to enjoy, right? They they glorify him ultimately, which is the ultimate purpose, right? Mm -hmm. But but they also, we also get to kind of get to have fun with them. And I think that sometimes if I can play God, (laughs) which, uh, which, which we all do so poorly, but if I can just have a moment to play God, I think that, um, sometimes he's like, I just want you to enjoy what I've given you. I don't want you to think about why you're doing it. I don't want you to think about the next five years. I don't want you to have a five-year plan. Like, I just want you to enjoy what you're doing. And as you go along, as you move along, I'm going to show you your purpose. Mm -hmm. And so I think, again, I think culture, I don't know, what do you guys think about that? Because I think culture also very heavily informs and, and attempts to dictate even that feeling that you have, Summer, you know, that you know, I like this, I like this, I like this, but I just feel like I don't know exactly what my purpose is. And I think, and this is maybe me projecting, sorry if that's what I'm doing. (laughs) I know for me, like, I think if, like, I've had that thought before. And I know for me that, that, that directly connects to what I see other people doing. And um, the pressure, I think that we all receive right now from 
social media and from all yeah. the other outlets telling us that we should be doing something. Yeah. yeah, I think that's exactly it. It's like, as much as I hate to admit it, like social media really doesn't do anything great for me. And I, I think yeah. we've even had this conversation like with some other teammates. It's like, I don't really get like the comparison thing, like obviously it's just like a subconscious thing that just happens. But it's like when, like Ellie said, a lot of friends are starting businesses or like side hustles and like everyone's just talking about all these things that they're doing. And here's me, like, I can't commit to one thing because I can't even figure out what that one thing is. It's like, I just feel, yeah, just like purposeless. I don't feel like I'm fulfilling something and like there's something missing, but that's only because everyone else is telling me what they're doing. And I think if, if I just had a moment to like, step back and like reflect on my own life like maybe I would see that I have done a lot number one you just took a step back yeah <laughs> and and number two you're literally fulfilling your purpose right now mm-hmm. I agree I feel yeah. like you you called me out Kanisha as well just then when you were saying like <laughs> when you feel like with your purpose you need to be able to see the bigger picture to be able to fulfill it but I feel like again that's just like a culture thing of like you see all these people doing it and the end result for them which makes you think you need to be able to see the end result for you but actually the reality of pursuing your purpose is trusting that you're doing the right thing and that God will eventually provide you with the right steps the right tools that you need to get there Mm -hmm. absolutely and I feel like that was just like a, just a moment for me where I was like, oh, so I actually need to know like exactly what I'm doing this day in five years to just like, carry on with, you know, <laughs> but who doesn't want to know though, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. It's, but yeah, thank yeah. you for bringing that point up because it definitely made <laughs> me think. But also, I guess like sort of there where um, someone's saying about how, you know, you try a different hundred, like a hundred different things. And with you, you started Restoration House and you had like that aha moment where you thought, okay, this is my purpose. Were there other lanes? Because it actually makes me think of a story that there was a son and a dad and they were, there were two paths that they could go down and they prayed to God and they were like, which path do I go down, the left or the right? And they both got the feeling that the left path was the right path to go down. So they go down this path, but it's blocked. And the son says to the dad, why did he tell us to go down this path? I don't understand. Like he's God, he should show us the right way. And his dad said, I was thinking the same thing and I prayed about it. And he's told me it's because if we hadn't have gone down this path, we wouldn't know that the other path was right for us. And I feel like that's such a good idea to sort of apply to your own purpose and just understanding that vocational side of things like yes you might try something and it might not be the right thing and you might question like why did I waste all my time or why has God told me to do this when I'm not seeing like results from it but actually you sometimes need to do that to be able to go down the right path and I wonder for you if you've ever had moments like that in your own purpose right now (laughs) (laughs) I mean every day straight to the point (laughs) I I legitimately don't have like I I I think the one thing I try to hopefully this comes across online but but number one I don't have it all together I don't have all the answers I know no one thinks Kanisha has all the answers but you know I think that very subconsciously though depending on where we are in our season of life and even our mental health, right? Um, We can have these like off cognitions that make us believe things that in our right minds, we're like, wait, that's not like, why do I think this? Right. Um, So I don't, I don't, I don't, I struggle just like everyone else, even when it comes to purpose, even when I know Luke 418 is my purpose, right? Um, when it's in black and white in front of me, I still struggle with, but is it though? 
<laughs> you know, Are you like, sure? <laughs> is, is this like, is this what you're actually calling me to do? And so I say right now, because I feel like I am in one of those seasons where not where I'm necessarily questioning my purpose, mm-hmm. but I'm questioning how my mission, essentially, am I doing this the way that you're asking me to do this guy? Um, is this supposed to shift, change, morph? Um, are there some different desires and passions in me that are now not in alignment with what my purpose is? Which I think are all very fair questions to ask. I think we should always be asking. And I'm interested as well, like obviously you speak about there when you're in those seasons of you're unsure about it, your faith obviously brings you more clarity as to like, okay, yeah, this is right. But are there any other things that sort of bring clarity to you that you sort of do more practically? Community. Community Mm -hmm. has been the one of the biggest things and and i think that let me just simplify that word because i think sometimes we i say that word at least and um we think it, it becomes this untouchable thing uh, for a lot of people but community can look like one friend one person who always has your back who's your quote-unquote ride or die who always knows what to say when you are questioning your purpose, when you're questioning life, when you're questioning the reason or the why behind the what. And so I think I also feel very inclined to speak to anybody who's listening, who, um, who even hears that and says, I don't even have the one. I think that I'm going to pray for you to have that one because I think that we're all created for uh, relationship we're created for community we're created to be to do life together if you will it's so important the topic of today is just sort of the reality of your you know pursuing your purpose and I think we've touched a lot to that in sort of the culture sense and the faith sense as well um but I guess more financially as well like how has that worked with Restoration House and like I don't know if you you'd be willing to give like specific examples of hard times and like how you've just like the reality has really hit you there. I can't nod hard enough. And no <laughs> one's going to see this. We're all looking at each other, but I cannot nod hard enough. Um, there were years, years where there, there was no financial gain. Mm-hmm. It, it really actually wasn't until recently that, um, that I even began to quote unquote, make money through the platform of Restoration House or through the business. So um, that's the reality. And I know um, I, I want to say that and I want to be really honest about that, because I think, again, speaking of culture, so, sometimes it feels really shaming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're someone who isn't, quote unquote, successful, according to culture. Yeah. yeah. And I struggled with that for a really long time. Uh, you know, if I wasn't making X amount of dollars, then I wasn't successful. And so that again, takes me back to, but what does God say about success? What's my why? Why am I doing this? Am I doing this because I want to make money? Is making money nice? Absolutely. But am I doing this because I want to make money or am I doing this because this is what God has called me to do? Financially speaking, practically, yes, make money, Yes, advance in any way, but keep the main thing, the main thing. And I think that's been um, the biggest thing for me uh, in all of this over the past 13, 14 years is that I've, I've struggled with that majorly, just to yeah. be clear. I've mm-hmm. struggled with 
shut wanting to shut down because I'm not making money right so important I think that idea of success is really important and also like really digging into what makes you define success as you do in this current moment I remember we actually um shared a video of Issa Rae on Mm. our Instagram recently and she was saying how like at the beginning of her journey when she was at like I think it was a school reunion and people were like oh I'm a lawyer or I work for like the embassy and she's there like I make YouTube videos like just uploaded on now and and she was like obviously they're all so supportive but like just they feed you this idea of success your whole life where it's like that title job working at this title Mm -hmm. company making this title salary and it's just like when you're not achieving that you do question like am I doing the right thing and is this purpose you know the right thing for me yeah yeah Yeah, I think that will humble you because you know like when you it's humbling Mm -hmm. when you work your butt off right? And you're like, I am doing the thing and I am being so successful. And then you have nothing tangible, right? To show for it. Financially, you have nothing to show for it. Been there, done that, got the (laughs) t-shirt. So it's quite humbling. And then I think it it also beckons us back to purpose. Yeah, exactly. And and you also mentioned before um, that, you know, you're kind of in like this, this season right now that you're potentially questioning kind of not what your purpose is, but like, how is that seen? Um, what, ha- I mean, again, what happens in that moment? What, what do you do? I know you talked about community, but yeah. what do you do? How do you kind of overcome that? Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, That's I told one you way. guys, we're keep it real, right? Like there are somatic things that happen in our body when we cry. So uh-huh. release yeah. the tension and let it go and let the tears flow. Yeah. Um, y'all think I'm playing but I'm serious like those that has happened a lot um but then also bringing myself back to center um bringing myself back to my anchor um Mm -hmm. has been has been really key for me but also um very practically having things uh written on my mirror like you are not what you do Mm -hmm. um you know, having some cheesy things in my head that kind of just roll around just to remind myself that I, I, I have greater purpose, that my season isn't over, that I'm not done, that God's not done with me. God's not done with you. Um, they're very, they seem very simple, but they're extremely profound in seasons that feel like deserts. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I can't believe oh it's gosh. been like almost an hour already. No way! <laughs> <laughs> What an amazing conversation with Kanisha. Um, such a lovely, lovely person and so wonderful to chat to. So Summer, what was your top takeaway from this episode? Yeah, she was really amazing. I loved um, I loved talking to her. And I think one of the things that stood out to me was just her honesty about how your mission can change throughout your, your journey or throughout seasons in life, but how your purpose stays the same. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think my top takeaway was her speaking about how we sometimes want to know the bigger picture to have confirmation that what we're doing is the right thing. But in all honesty, the reality of purpose is that it sort of develops as we develop um, and that sometimes we actually need to do the wrong thing to find the right thing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Make sure you share this episode and tag us on social media with the lesson that you've learned as we love to hear how you're growing and how these episodes are serving you. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss out on a new episode and feel free to leave us a review as it really does help us out.